0: devotional podcast to give you the encouragement that you need in your walk with Christ. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus and to do so with gentleness and tact. This is what we commonly refer to as apologetics or the defense of the faith. As we approach the Easter season, where the church celebrates the resurrection of Christ from the dead, I thought it might be beneficial to know how to answer those who doubt the resurrection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. You see, the empty tomb is not just a happy ending to a terrible murder or to be brushed off as merely an allegory, but it's essential to our faith. Today I'm going to address some of the common arguments that are used to explain away or falsify the resurrection event and how we are able to refute them. The first argument is that the Jews or the Romans stole the body to prevent the disciples from saying that he rose again. Now, this scenario would be highly improbable. First, the Jews asked the tomb to be sealed and guarded. Then, if they wanted to squash the talk of Jesus being risen from the dead, all they would need to do is to produce the body. Case closed, no risen Savior, the disciples humiliated, the new religious movement is stopped, no riots, and things get back to normal there would be no logical reason for the Jews and Romans to have stolen the body and not have displayed it later. The next argument is actually recorded in scripture. Matthew twenty-eight thirteen says the Jewish council paid the guards to say that the disciples stole the body while they slept. Now it is unlikely for Jesus' followers to have taken the body because following his crucifixion, they were profoundly disappointed and discouraged. Peter was scared to talk to a servant girl and then to suppose that he slipped past four to 16 trained guards? The thought is laughable. In fact, they were hiding away and didn't believe that he would be resurrected. Peter and John were some of the most surprised to hear of Jesus' resurrection and see the empty tomb. It's absurd to think that under these conditions, they would have invented a scheme wherein they would have had the opportunity to steal the body and fabricate a story that they didn't even believe in and then later be killed for Again, no body was produced, no arrests were made for grave robbery, there had to be another explanation for the empty tomb. A third argument is that the disciples went to the wrong tomb. After all, it would have been dark, and many tombs did look alike. This one doesn't hold water either. First, to say the women, as well as Peter and John, went to the wrong tomb doesn't make sense. After all, Mary saw angels and spoke to the risen Lord, and surely Peter and John found the right one too. But again, if they went to the wrong tomb, just produce the body from the right tomb and end all the fuss. A fourth argument for visions of a risen savior was to claim that they were hallucinations. Now, grief-induced hallucinations are real. Maybe you've lost a loved one and had a vivid dream that you were sure was real. Or maybe you could have sworn to have seen them in a busy crowd only for them to apparently vanish. These types of hallucinations are an individual phenomenon, not a group event. While it may be possible for an individual to have a vision, Jesus appeared to more than 500 people after his resurrection, as recorded in the New Testament scriptures. Those eyewitnesses were still alive at the writing of the account and could have easily refuted it. That still doesn't explain away the empty tomb. Again, produce a body, and those having the visions are just delusional. A fifth argument was that Jesus had a twin brother that actually looked like him and pretended to be him after the resurrection. As I was doing some research on these theories, I laughed at this one. It sounds like a script of a bad soap opera and leaves more questions than it answers. First, Jesus was the firstborn. There's no record of twins in the Bethlehem account. Then, if you watched your brother being painfully murdered for a lie, what part of you would think it beneficial to pretend to be him and not expect the same results? Now, Jesus did have brothers, but John 7, 5 says that not even his own brothers believed in him. If there was a twin, one of them would have said something. James and Jude, half-brothers of Jesus, would later believe and write scripture. Why would they follow the twin brother, the one who lied about being a Messiah? Church history says James was martyred for his faith by being thrown off the temple and then being beat to death. Not many people would die for something they knew to be a lie. Still, there's no explanation for the missing body. Now, the last argument that I'm going to address is the assertion that Jesus didn't die on the cross, but just passed out. And he revived in the cool tomb and later escaped. They call this the swoon theory. Now, if you go back through the account of the crucifixion, it's actually amazing that he survived long enough to make it to the cross. Jesus was beaten with a cat of nine tails, which is a whip with barbed pieces of metal or bone that would rip off his flesh. Many times this beating killed the individual. Then a crown of thorns was placed upon his head. Then he was forced to carry a wooden cross through town in an exhausted state. Then the nails were driven through his wrists and feet, on which he had to support his full body weight. Just breathing was an exercise. Finally, he was pierced in the side by a spear by professional killers. They knew death when they saw it. After this, he was taken down from the cross and wrapped with at least 75 pounds of burial spices and wraps. Then he was put inside the tomb with a stone that weighed two to three tons rolled in front of the opening. How would Jesus survive all of this, then suddenly revive and unwrap himself, and still have the strength to push away the stone and escape? This theory is not just unrealistic, it's impossible. Furthermore, the guards who crucified Jesus were professional executioners. And it's recorded that if the executioner took a man off the cross before he was dead, he would face the same death. The fact is, the tomb is empty. The grave could not contain him. Jesus is alive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the empty tomb, for overcoming death, that we may live with you forever. Help us to walk in the confidence of the resurrection of this season, now and always, and let us contend earnestly for the faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Have a blessed day.